Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Greg, I just want to thank you for just really serving us tonight. You know, it's like this morning also in worship, it was just, I just felt like you connected so with the Father's heart, and I just want to honor you in that position. I just want to say that thank you so much for what you pour out, and thank you so much for coming here faithfully and just just sharing your heart with us through worship. And really, it was so unbelievable. Like, thank you so much. Just create such a nice space for us to just carry on what God is wanting to do tonight. So just really, I just want to honor you and thank you. And yeah, may God just do so much more through your worship. Yeah. This morning was really good, guys. Amazing preacher. I am very biased because it's my wonderful husband. But really, if you haven't heard the message this morning, please go download it and listen to it. It was really such an amazing message, and it's really Graham's heart, so little plug for him. Go, Graham. So tonight is going to be interesting. So I want to go through something that's very important to me, and that is relationship with God. And if we had to have a little title, it would be Rehabilitating Our Relationship with God. So I know it's a bit different. The word rehabilitate means restoring something back to health. And I absolutely love that meaning. And the word relationship means the way in which two or more people or things are connected or to the state of being connected. It is such a powerful meaning. And what I want to do tonight, I want to look at relationship with God through the times how it was done back in the Old Testament, how people connected with God during those times, how it sort of changed into the New Testament, and then sort of look at where we are now in 2018. How are we connecting with God? What is our relationship with God? How did it change? So I'm just going to take us through a little journey of exploring that. Are you guys open to that? Okay, so like every good word, we'll start at the beginning with Adam and Eve. So as we know, Adam and Eve was created, and they were in perfect relationship with God. You could not get better. They were walking with the Creator every single day, walking in the garden, chatting to God. There was, it was perfection. And that is where the first relationship started. We see that, obviously, we know the story. We know that sin came in, And we see God walking through the garden in search of man. He is looking for them, and he is, where are you? Like, where are you? And they are hiding because they are full of shame and all of that. But we see God going out and longing to just connect with his people. You know, he could, he's God. He can go hang out with everything, but he is longing, and he's looking for his people. And he is longing to just connect with Adam and Eve. But sin comes in. So that was the first one. We look at Abraham. So let's go to our Bibles. I'm going to go to Genesis 18, verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. 
For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sins so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is so bad and outcry that has reached me. So as we know what happens, we see this whole thing going on with Abraham and God. So God is like, "Mm, should I speak to Abraham or should I just go and boom, explode the whole place? But yet he cares enough about relationship that he cares about what Abraham thinks. So he goes to Abraham and he says, listen, yeah, I'm going to do this. I am going to destroy absolutely everything. And Abraham is like, no, 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 please don't do that. If you find 50 righteous men, would you save them? And as it goes on and on. But the fact of the matter is, why does God care what Abraham thinks? Why does he care? Because he's got a relationship with Abraham. He's got something with Abraham that is important to God. I mean, he is God. Who cares what we think? But he cares what we think because he's got a relationship with us. We look at Moses. Let's go to Exodus 33, verse 17. Or you can just listen to me and not go there. (laughs) I love this. And then the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked me because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So just to go on. So what happens is Moses says to God, wow, I really want to see you, God. I really want to see you face to face. And God says, you know what? I am so powerful, you'll probably die if you were to see me. But because I've got relationship with you, I will let you see the back of me. And I will come and I will walk past you and I will hide you in the crevice. And I will make sure that you are not going to die. But because I've got relationship with you, Moses, I will grant you this wish. I will grant you this opportunity to just see a glimpse of me. And we know that the Lord comes by and Moses stands there and he is so filled with the glory that he he has to wear a veil because God's glory is so amazing. But yet it's important to God. It's important. God could say to him, who are you, Moses? Like, honestly, who are you? Why do I have to show myself to you? But yet he's got a relationship with Moses. And because of that, he chooses to do that. Look at people like Noah. Okay, God says to Noah, build a rock, buddy. Noah's like, this is crazy, God. Like, this is absolutely crazy. People are going to laugh at me. They're going to make fun of me and my family. And they did. They made fun of poor Noah. But yet, Noah has a relationship with God. So he does it. He builds the ark, carries on day by day, being ridiculed, fun off. You are so silly. What rain is going to come? But yet Noah trusts God because of relationship. It's not just because he woke up one day and like, oh, I feel like doing something silly. No, he knows when God speaks, he's going to listen because he's got that relationship with God. We look at Samson. Okay, Samson goes through this whole journey of, oh, I'm super powerful. I can do all these things. We know that Samson has a bit of a little stumble on the side, but yet he's got relationship with God. 
And in the end, Samson is there, tied up to the pillars, and he says to God, please give me some strength so that I can just kill all these Philistines that are making fun of you. Just one more time, I want you to bless me. And God does that. You know, God could have been, you know what, Samson, you were a little bit ungrateful there, buddy. I kind of gave you a lot of things. You know, your hair's kind of very powerful, and you've got super strength, and you can just kill all these people and do amazing things. And, you know, you kind of abused that power a bit. But yet God says, I've got relationship with you. So, yes, one more time I will give you strength. And Samson killed actually more Philistines in his death than he ever did in his whole life. And he killed pretty much a lot of Philistines. Relationship. King Hezekiah, what a nice guy. He's busy dying and he says to God, "Uh uh-uh, wait a minute. (laughs) This is not over yet. I'm not ready to be done. Like, no, no, God. And God says, "Hmm, you know what? I'll give you 15 more years. How does that sound? Hezekiah's like, awesome. Thanks, God. Why does God do that? Because of relationship. He's got relationship with these people. Ezekiel. Oh my gosh, I wish that I will never get Ezekiel's anointing. I don't want it, God. Yeah, me, I don't want it. (laughs) But what a man. So one of the things that God says to Ezekiel, he says, I want you to build a model of a city and of an army attacking the city. Carve it out of stone. Very precise. Okay. Then I want you to lay on one side. Then the other side, plus minus 14 months. It's going to hurt a little bit, but come on, 14 months, you can do it. Then I want you to prophesy over this little model you've made, and I want you to just declare my goodness over it. Then I want you to eat bread. Only bread. But you know what? The bread is going to be really nasty, and not even the beggars want this bread. So you're in Ezekiel. Ezekiel's like, okay. Now I want you to cook this bread on human feces. And Ezekiel is like, whoa, 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 God, time out. Now you have crossed the line. This is ridiculous. I am a holy man. I'm not going to defile myself like that, God. You've honestly, you've, you've just, you've lost it now. And God says, oh, okay, you can cook it on cow dung. And Ezekiel's like, yes, amen, thank you, God, you are amazing. What a, where do we start? Where does it start right now? The fact is that there's this negotiation going on with God and this place of like, God, you're crazy, but yet I'm going to do all of these things because I know that I can trust you. I know that you're not just saying I must do this because you just want to like see me do these silly things. No, there's a purpose, there's a plan for Ezekiel to do that. But yet there's relationship with God. So he knows when the father says, lie on your side for 14 months, There is a reason for that. It's not just because God is bored and he wants some amusement and see what can I make these humans do. It's a relationship. It's got meaning. We jump to the New Testament and we look at good old Mary, Jesus' mother. So Mary goes to Jesus and she says to Jesus, this party is happening, guys. This is a good party. But now there's no more wine. What are we going to do? And she says, well, Jesus is going to hook us up. And she goes and she says, come on, Jesus, we need some more wine. And that becomes Jesus' first public miracle. 
Now, that's not the first time Mary has seen Jesus do a miracle. Believe me. You don't just, I will not just go up to my son and be like, hey, Gabriel, make some wine, buddy. I hope you can. I'm really, I'm rooting for you here. I hope you can turn some water into wine. She knew that Jesus could do that. Yes, she knew he was God. But she has seen him do miracles before. She must have seen him do miracles before. She knew that he could turn water into wine. I'm sure around the dinner table, there was water that turned into wine. Because it wasn't just, hmm, this is a good idea. I think Jesus could do this. She knew he could do that through a relationship with her son. And she knew that he could perform miracles. And she knew, like, when the mother speaks, the son listens. (laughs) (laughs) So now we fast forward. And Jesus dies on the cross. And he reconciles the world to God. Then grace comes into the picture. And it literally changes everything. Grace changes our relationship with God. It really does. It goes from a work-based thing to Jesus at it all. We don't have to do anything anymore. We don't have to do sacrifices and get the dove that's perfect and the lamb and it doesn't have any spots on it. It must have been so exhausting. We don't have to do that because Jesus did it. A good example is let's say you start dating someone and you go through that process of dating and you just can't get enough of that person. You're so in love. Everything is wonderful. You just want to be with that person 24-7. All you think about, I wonder what they're doing right now. I wonder if they're thinking about me right now. Checking your phone. Oh, gosh, no message. You go through that whole, pre- whole thing of just, are they thinking of me? You're obsessed with that person. If you're lucky enough and meet the right person, it goes on to engagement. So now it's next level stuff. Now it's like, oh, our babies, all our babies, and it's so amazing. And you're so in love with this person that you just can't get enough of them. You can't get enough time of them. It's like the days are too short. You are besotted of this person. Then you get married. Wonderful. You made it. This is absolutely amazing. We're going to live on love and water. We don't need a house. We don't need a car. We just need love and each other. And it's such a wonderful period. You know, it's like nothing can go wrong. You just look at each other and like, oh, oh, he's mine. It worked. (laughs) But then years go by and it becomes a little bit harder it becomes a bit more intentional. Now you actually have to make time for each other. Actually have to plan time for each other now. It's not just, oh, I want to spend every moment with you. It's like, back off, buddy. This is my space. This is your space. I'm over here. you over there. I'll see you maybe later. I don't know. I don't want to know where you're going. It becomes a lot more intentional. And it actually becomes work. It does become work. See, we take relationship so for granted. We really, we really do. We take it for granted and we just think that, you know, Jesus, shot put, you did it. You did everything for us. We don't have to do anything. We come, we become a bit 
with like an attitude of entitlement. It's sort of like, you know what, our dad is the king, and so good things should just happen to us. We should just live in really amazing houses. What are wrong with you people? We should drive really nice cars. We should never get sick. And if I want something, I want it now, God. Because you know what? I've been taught I am royalty. Jesus is my king. So these things should just come to me. We just want it. We just want, 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 want. But yet, we have forgotten that God still wants relationship with us. God still longs for that connection with us. Yes, Jesus did absolutely everything for us. But God still longs for that with us. He still longs for that fellowship of us. We kind of threw the baby out of the bathwater with grace. I love grace. Nothing wrong with grace. It's still there. It's solid. Foundation is secure. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But we threw the baby out of the bathwater. Things that we used to do, like fasting, like really intentionally getting into the Word, discipling each other, connecting with each other other than like, how are you? That's amazing. I'm just saying, how are you doing with God? What is your relationship actually like with God at the moment? There was actually such benefits to those things. Yes, it was completely coated with legalism and religion. But yet, those certain principles actually did something. It kind of forced us into a relationship with God. And by doing those things, we kind of got into a habit, and then it became more than that. It became, I want to be with my dad. I want to be with God. So yes, those principles are, I mean, it, it, it meant something else. But it's not all bad. I don't think it was all bad. I think the heart behind it was all bad. But I think there was something so amazing of just getting in relationship with God. Just getting back to that place. So when does have you fasted? Not just a social media fast where you just take some time or from Instagram and Facebook or coffee. It's my favorite, a coffee fast. I had a good coffee fast this week. It's out of my system. Now I'm going to get a buzz again next week. You know, when else have you actually fasted from food and really got into the place of the dad and just be like, God, I really just want to connect with you. I really want to see what is on your heart. And by doing this fast, I want to connect with you. I want to get back to that relationship. When else have you really studied the Word? Not just the scriptures we read here. Really sitting with the Word. Getting into it. Getting your own revelations. Hearing God speak to you. When else have you done that? When else have you prayed because you just want to see what God's up to. Not just because, oh my goodness, I'm bad. It's really going bad, dear God. I think I need to pray now. Relationship. It is such an amazing thing we get to do with our God. We get to, we get to have relationship with God. God doesn't have to. He doesn't have to have a relationship with us. He's God. He's got the Trinity. He's got the angels. He doesn't have to. 
But we get to spend time with God. We get to have that relationship with God. And that is something that is priceless. It really is priceless. I know some of you already do things like that. You're like, good, I spend time with God. The thing about relationship is you can always go deeper. You can always grow. I don't think there's an end point of relationship. I don't think that, whew, I've made it, got it. You can always, always grow in relationship with God. And with each other. You can always go deeper. I found myself the other day having this really long conversation with a lady. And it was via Instagram, so we sort of started chatting to each other. And I literally found myself almost for half an hour just speaking to this lady back and forth. We were talking about kids and, oh, your kids, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. And after that conversation, I thought to myself, I don't even know this lady. I'm like, who is she? <laughs> like, I'm like, I literally just spent half an hour of my life chatting to her like I know her. And I actually don't even know what her real name is. I know what her Instagram name is, but I don't even know if that's her real name. I actually don't know what she is saying is truthful. But here I am spending my time and energy having this amazing conversation with a friend, yet I don't actually know anything about her. And that is what happens. We tend to have relationships with people that we quite frankly don't even know. We get to have relationships with friends that quite frankly, they're not actually your friend. You don't even know if that's what they look like. And that takes time away with relationship with God. We need to remind ourselves that if you can see the person, you know the person, spend time with the person, get a relationship with them. But we spend a lot of time and energy with people we don't even know. And, a lot, and then we, we don't have time for God. I don't have time to get into the Word. No, you do have time to get into the Word. My heart is not to condemn anyone here. Not at all. My heart is not for you to sit here and be, oh no, I failed again. I'm such a bad Christian. Oh, I'm not fasting, I'm not praying. No, that's not my heart. My heart is for each and every one of us to really just think about what it is we're going after, what it is that we want. We all cry out, more, Lord. We want more of you, Lord. I want to walk in the prophetic, Lord. I want to stand here and I will just want to call out names. And, and Father, I want, he I want to see healings. I want to see the dead raise God. Please, Lord, pick me. I want more anointing, more anointing. But yet, we walk out here. See you next Sunday, Lord. High five. And then we're like, why don't I have anointing? Why can't I be like Sean Bolts? Why can't I just stand here and be like, your name and your name and God's doing this and you are healed and you are healed. Everyone is healed. But yet, we don't want relationship with God. We kind of forgot that, yes, Jesus did everything. But we still need that relationship with Dad. We still need that. That has not been completed. Relationship is not completed. It is still ongoing. Jesus died for absolutely everything, but relationship is still there. If Jesus just died to cover all sin and everything, why are we still here? 
Why didn't we just, when Jesus died on the cross, all of us, boom, gone, thank you, reconciled. We're still here for a reason. God is still after our hearts. God is still after relationship. He loves spending time with us. Absolutely loves it. Absolutely loves it when his child comes. And like, Dad, can we hang out? I know when our kids, when we are, normally when we are really tired, will come to us and be like, oh, Dad can play cricket. Mom, please, can you just play cricket with us? And I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. But yet, I value relationship with my children. So I will get up and I will go throw a ball or two and put a little bit of effort in, but it's that relationship that we are fighting for. It's the same with God. When we come and be like, God, can we hang out? His answer will always be yes. <laughs> He's not going to be tired. It's always going to be yes. I want you to start to date God again. To get back to that place of the little butterflies. What's God thinking? What is God doing? Is God thinking about me right now? I wonder. I'm sure he is. I'm sure God's thinking about me right now. <laughs> I think he is. <laughs> start wooing God again. Get besotted about it. I know it can get a bit, ooh, for guys especially, like, but you know what? Jesus says that we are his bride and he is our bridegroom. That is very powerful. That's not just flippant what he's saying. That means something. That means intimacy. That means relationship. That means I'm not done. Yeah, I'm not done. I still care about your heart. I still care about that relationship. It means that what you think matters. It means that I'm going to fight for relationship with you. So I don't want to go on and on. I really want God to just really, just really minister to you guys tonight. And I don't want you to come to the front because that's not what it's about. If you would like me to pray for you, I'll gladly pray for you. And there are people that will pray for you. But I actually want you to just sit and take time. And Greg's going to come up and he's just going to play some tunes. And I want you to ask yourself, how do I date God again? How do I get to that place of, wow, God, I just can't get enough of you. And I want more of you. God is so desperate for relationship. So yeah, God, I just pray right now that, that you would just really open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes. Where there's hurt, Lord, I pray that those walls will just fall down. Where relationships on, that we've gone through has maybe not been all healthy, and so we are just clouded by what relationships look like. I just pray that you will just break that right now in this place, Lord. I pray, Lord, that that intimacy that we, that we once had, even in the garden with Adam and Eve, and that intimacy that they had with you, God, I just pray that you'll rehabilitate that. You will restore that back to health, Lord. Restore back to health our desire for relationship with you. 
Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.